Welcome home radio podcast. Are you looking to buy or sell your home? Our team is here with answers to guide you through the buying and selling process. We encourage you to ask questions. Please comment on this show or visit us at welcomehomeradio.net for more information. Bringing real estate, lending, and education together in one place and to help you make the right home decision for you and your family. Here are your hosts, Blair Thomas, Tom Holm, Alan Pace, and Jeff Duffy. Welcome home. Welcome to welcomehomeradio.com where we real estate lending and learning come together. It is June 14th. We're very excited to be talking about rent versus own. In this market today, things are so up and down. Different circumstances impact everyone differently and we want to discuss what whether owning or renting because they both have advantages, but what is the the, the best for you? What are under what circumstances is one ad more advantageous than the others. But first, I want to welcome my co-host, Alan, Tom, Jeff. How are you all today? Good morning. Good morning. Super duper peach king hunky-dory. Where supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is. <laughs> you look it. <laughs> well, guys, we want to we want to jump into this topic because Right now, with the up and down market, with supply being somewhat limited, all of these things, what is more advantageous? Is renting or owning? And what makes that or what are the decisions or the criteria, the circumstances our listeners need to understand to, to go to one or the other? And let's just start it off. Renting, I mean, you pay less up front. You know, many landlords ask for a first and last month's rent, but those are security deposits. You pay a lot more or you pay a lot less than you would buying a home. Is that more advantageous in a circumstance? What 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 are the things, the criteria that we look at or need to be aware of? Well, that first thing you bring up, of course, if I don't have any money in my pocket, it makes pretty good sense for me to rent. Okay, so finances, so assets available, liquidity might be an impact that allows you to but i i just i struggle with that thought of paying someone else's mortgage i don't know why that's such an overwhelmingly cloud for me well i think you said it right on your introduction everybody's different everybody's circumstances are different you've got young you've got old you've got people with jobs other people going through um job discord people that are divorced getting married so every everybody's a little different and uh, uh evidently and obviously what tom said is the facts if you don't have money you still need a place to live renting is going to be a little better option if you can come up with a deposit and whatever it takes to get into the house but as tom will tell you you have to prove that you're you're worthy of being a tenant because you got to prove that you have income or a job or you make enough money to to rent that house that somebody might be willing to lease to you or that apartment they might be able to rent to you. So it goes all over the place. Um, circumstances are different for all. Yeah. And we want to make, make them aware of those things. What else dealing with renting? I mean, one of the things we just had recently or, or just this past weekend, we had some pretty bad storms come through and some very large uh, hail 
Um, if you own that house, if you own those things that are damaged, then it's your responsibility. But renting, it doesn't become your problem. Is that is that clear? Is that would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, two days ago we had a bad hailstorm, and I was underneath it. My house was my. I had one car exposed to it, and yeah, I have to deal with the insurance company. Um, and for folks out there that don't know about homeowners insurance, it's something you have to have if you have a mortgage. And um, they have what they call deductibles. You pay less if you have a 2% deductible and a little more if you have a 1%. And that's percentage of your value of your house based on your policy. So um, it can get quite expensive if you own a you know, $300,000 house, it could be $6,000 out of your pocket to get your roof redone. So there's that for sure. Now it's, you can write that off. I think repairs are something you can write off as a homeowner, but you still, I, I'm not sure about it, but I, I'm just saying um, it, it's out of your pocket. And that's something that if you rent cost. it, Something Alan, that Alan just created a whole nother show for us to have a CPA on, on board. Here, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. I, it's, I don't think I've ever had hail damage before, but I got it now. So I'm going to have to worry about it. <laughs> well, and, and as far as damage on our property and or, or in this case, your vehicle, uh, it's June, what? Uh, 12th. <laughs> Do I remember growing up as a kid, we had hail on June 12th. Yeah, and do you wait till September to get it fixed? Because, you guys, <laughs> you, you know, it's a whole new ball game. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the smartest hail damage I ever had, just because I love sharing this story. So it, it hails in May or June, and it comes through, and it smashes my roof pretty good. And I go out, and it takes me a month to file a claim. Everybody else was doing it. But you have up till when? A year to file the claim. So you go back, you file the claim, and then I take the check and I get the signature from the lender and all that type of stuff, or I don't know, maybe I own the house or whatever. But I put it in my account thinking, okay, I'll get the roof, I'll get the roof, I'll get the roof. And then it goes around, and one year nearly to the date of the, uh, well, actually one month before a year to the date, the next year it hails again. I would have had to buy two roofs if I had used that money in the first in the first 12 months. But I ended up using the money, of course, after the second hailstorm. And I've now the roof that's on my house right now I've had for 10, 12 years, I guess. Yeah. And I have a good friend who's a roofer and they have um, tracking software now. They know what day people in different cities of the let's say the Dallas Fort Worth area where, where you know, yeah. I live, you live. Keep that same software. Yeah, and so I, I'm journaling what day my house got hit. I'll have it, and I'm going to take Tom's advice, and I am going to wait. I'm not going to rush right out and file a claim because I, you know, you know how the weather is here. It's going to do it again, and we were underneath the, the actual hailed core, as they said on the television on, I think it was Sunday night, um, so they actually named our area and they had it circled right over our neighborhood. And, and it, it really came down. What did they mean? Pardon when me? You think about the expense of owning a home up until what, three years ago, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but you would wrap the cost of your deductible into the cost of the roof and you could come to it out of pocket 
really with nothing. But now the law has changed that. So yeah, you have to, you have to come true with your uh, deductible amount. So that is a big expense as far as owning a home when you're living in Texas. Yep. And so I guess we, I, I'm, looks like Tom's pretty sure of this, but if you do have one year to file a claim, I don't know if that's every insurance company or that's his particular insurance company. I don't know the law there, but um, I'm definitely going to wait. I don't know if it'll be a year, but it's going to be through at least this season. Well, I mean, if, the problem or what I was trying to get at is you don't have to do the work for a year. You can file it tomorrow, get your money and keep it as far as that goes. Okay. So, so you, you got X amount of money and you couldn't, you couldn't file another claim for more money if you had more damage. No, no, no. If I had fixed the roof, I would have had a second claim in less than a 13 month period. Rates would have gone up that much more. No, I understand. But if you have, if they give you, you know, 8,000 bucks for, a, you know, this, and then you end up having even more damage, you can't go back and get more money. Well, or can you, 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 and again, I think we should have an insurance agent on for that. If it's another damaged roof, you can make a second claim. Yes. But you have to show that you fixed it the first time. And if you did not, then there's going to be a reduction as far as what they give you as. Right. Okay. Well, that answers my question. I just want to make sure that if your gutters didn't get ding the first time and they did the second, right. you could go back and get gutter ding money. Hey, that's a new word. I like that. Gutter ding. <laughs> well, we have chased that rabbit trail down the hole on rent versus buy. But we've decided that it's better to rent. We have decided. Is that correct? Because I'm getting dizzy with you. You're, you're moving your camera around so much. It was, I thought we were in a tornado. Well, so sorry. Gee. <laughs> well, and I think it's... It, consider you know it's all about what your goals and your needs are for example uh there's a, a young lady in my office she's about to purchase her first home and a lot of that excitement for her is she's going to have a backyard for her pups um you know she's a dog lover so it, it's it's a pain to, to live in an apartment and walk your dogs two or three times a day and take them out so that's a big win uh but that's just one of many reasons why as far as home ownership whereas uh, my daughter's boyfriend uh he owns a one-bedroom apartment. I say owns. He rents a one-bedroom apartment. He does have a garage, but his rent is somewhere barely near $400 less than my home, my mortgage payment. So while there are additional costs we know with home ownership, it, it's just each and every person and their goal for what they want to have. But Blair, I'm like you. Uh, I'd rather build equity for myself and not for someone else. You know, Tom's a great guy and he probably would be a great landlord, but I just don't want to pay off his mortgages. I just, it'd you know, be kind of hard for me. I think a lot of this is generational too. It's different than it was when we were kids. Um, it's just a whole different economic market right now. And, and uh, you know, I don't want to get into specifics of the generations, but a lot of them are having a hard time figuring this out um, due to their debt, due to how they were raised due to their $5 Starbucks and no money saved. There's a lot of stuff, stuff going on generationally where I think when we were young, our parents were like save 10% at least, you know, and that kind of advice. And, and it, it is true. I think generationally, I think there are some differences um, living above uh, commercial locations as we see here in North Texas so much 
they like renting so that they can walk down to a grocery store or a restaurant or a coffee shop. They like convenience and they like change where, <clears throat> you know, through my military career, I got enough change. I don't need to go back. And I never did not want to have to move again if I didn't want to. And, you know, staying in one place 17 plus years has been very enjoyable as opposed to every three years moving. But that is a decision as opposed to, and the pros and cons, renting does allow you to do that. You're not locked down. But as our dog lover has shown, it's kind of hard to, you know, to be in a rental on the third floor. And every time one of them's got to go, you know, if they haven't learned how to use the toilet yet, which some have, but you've got to take them downstairs. So uh, those are those are personal living choices, I believe. But one of the things I think about renting versus owning, you're, you're paying and you're paying in both ways. But one that you're gaining something out of it. The other one is you're not you're you're free and clear responsibility is not there. Uh, a house, a, a roof needs to repair a pool. I walk around our neighborhood and this, there's there's one home that's a rental. And I got to tell you, the sprinkler sprinkler system has been leaking for years, two years easily, and has not been fixed, not not done. Um, just it's a challenge and those things aren't taken care of. But uh, it just again, I think it depends on some of the what's your style of living? What is the income? But also, hey, I'm going to be taking this job. I'm a, a, a traveling nurse. I'm only going to be here six months. Okay, that makes a very good reason not to invest there, but you're renting. Um, what other reasons? What other pros or cons toward rent versus own? Well, let me I'll use one example. I have a, uh, a rent versus buy calculator on our closing cost net sheet. And within 10 years of, let's say, uh, here's a perfect example. I just put in a $2,000 rent. I think that's a pretty good average. Where are you living? Versus buying. Well, I don't know what it is. I haven't rented in since 1999 or less. That's a good. That's a good round figure. It's easy to calculate. Yeah, let's, let's say you're buying a home at four hundred fifty thousand dollars. You put ten percent down. You have an interest rate. Let's say right now, unless if you're not using Blair, but at six point five at thirty years, and you Blair has two percent. Okay, what, there you go. <laughs> what are you talking about? But you're talking about a medium buy gain difference of forty six hundred and seventeen dollars currently. Now, typically that's larger, but the interest rates as they are at the moment have have leveled that out a little bit. But that it's a forty six hundred dollar. You're you're better off owning your home difference within that ten years as as to renting. And, and that doesn't even fully yeah, account the equity that, that increases on your property as the property values continue to climb. So, so Jack, there's one example to use. Would you give our listeners why $4,600? I, I got lost on that. Well, it's talking about what your rent cost is per your mortgage is on the home. So slowly over time, you continue to gain the, the that aspect of the the mortgage owning a home as to rent rent costing you more in the long run is what that comparison is well rent is costing me <laughs> that's an app that we have that's phenomenal. Oh, okay very okay. very close and, and and accurate and and i can adjust it 
if I just say it's at five years, they're almost your buy cost. You're better off in a five year plan almost. So, you know, it, it, it depends on how many years you're going to stay in that home using yeah, this app. Does that take into consideration the cost of home ownership, though? Well, it does take in uh, it does count for insurance, homeowners insurance and your rent appreciation and your home maintenance at at, at a half a percent. At a half a percent. Those are the numbers of home maintenance, rent application at 2.5 and home appreciation at 3.5. And and the only thing, I mean, you're paying for electrical and other things in renting anyway. You have to assign your internet, your electrical. Those are all a push. <laughs> so what you're really saying is you lose the, the, the equity you can gain along with your investment payout and the really the annual difference is a $4,600 per year. Mm -hmm. Is that what mm -hmm. I understand? Correct. 0.5%. And that again, but that that's to understand there's some challenges in today's market where availability is not there. And uh, especially at the $450,000 range, that's going to have a, a lot of com competition for it. Sure. Yep. So, It is not something to take lightly, but it's also to understand jumping into one way or the other. Make sure you have your reasonings and you've gone through a pros and cons checklist of that because home growth. Now, you guys probably know better than me, but home growth equity in, in today's market in North Texas or, or across Texas, is it still averaging 4.5 per year? Uh, well, it took a little I think it took a little dip there for a while, um, but I, I it, what did I just did? Just did a show on that. Um, it went up 0.9% the cost of a housing in May versus April, 0.9 in our, um, in our market. Uh -huh. So, but that's just one month. But, but I think right now with everything that I've heard averaging out, it, we're still at a 4.5 or better equity growth per annual time. So that investment, that home value, even though you might be paying down a mortgage that you seem very daunting, one, you can sell that home. You're going to be able to sell it. It's it's in that in this market today. Two, you're going to be gaining equity growth. And three, yes, you're you're only going to pay a difference of 4,600 per year. But yet the return on investment is way above that if you sell your home in a timely fashion. So uh, whether it's two years you're there, whether it's five years you're there, to me, I lean toward buying a home as opposed to renting right now. Help help me convince why I should look the other way. If well, a lot of a lot of builders have recently invested in investors in real estate into neighborhoods that you can only rent in. And People with a lot of money generally don't spend it unless they see things the average person doesn't see. Um, you know, as a realtor, we can go along every day and say you should buy, you know, versus rent. You build equity and it's yours. You don't pay the landlord. And But honestly, you talk to a lot of the younger folks and they're not all that sure about it. It's a different situation. How You know, they have parents, they have aunts and uncles, they have grandmas and grandpas who all give them different stories about when they were their age. And right now it's just different, um, you know, and then the interest rates have gone up. Now to us, 
it's still pretty reasonable. People that paid 12 and 12 percent in the past when they bought their first home, or 14, or whatever. Um, so seven, six and a half doesn't seem so bad. But if you're 25 years old and you have a great job and it's gone from three percent to seven, you're sitting there going, "Did I miss the boat?" And you know, I have debt to pay off and things like that. So it's <coughs> just different now than I've seen before. And I, I don't know. I don't think it's just me, but it's just my experience and not, not being a realtor necessarily, but just being a human being and a homeowner and somebody who's, you know, raised family and, and gone through the stages of life a little bit. So it's just different right now. And I talk, I do talk to people um, that are like, well, we're, we're, we're wanting to buy a home. They want to buy a home. I think they know why they want to buy a home. They're just not doing it right now because of their situations. Well, it's, it's, well, I don't, I don't want to mow a yard, Alan. So, <laughs> well, we'll get Mark to do that. He's already dressed for it. You know, the funny thing, I, I want to take the inverse of, of it, well, our discussion because if I look at that $4,600 and that $4,600 is freed up for me to save it, invest it, or use it for something else, maybe a trip, maybe raising a child. I mean, there's so many other things that renting does free up some dollars in most situations for people to utilize toward other venues as opposed to buying a home. And that's if you save the money. My point is, too, we don't necessarily do that. We, we buy the car with our freed up money. We go on a trip with our freed up money. Inflation is through the roof. You go to the grocery store and carry a little blue basket, it can be $80. So things are different. And, you know, I'm, and I'm a realtor. I like to sell houses versus rent them. I make more money selling them. But there's real stuff out there. And, it, and that's what people are facing. That's just the way it is. Absolutely. Well, and, and there, that's what I'm trying to bring out as many discussion points for our listeners to understand and take in. It's not cut and dry every time for everyone. And you need to be asking or having that conversation with somebody that can bring out the pros and cons for both sides and let you decide as the buyer or renter, because relocating is easier when you're renting. Selling a home becomes a chore. Moving, which is, I don't want to do that again if I can get away with it. Um, but it is for future maybe renting is best in certain situations and especially availability. <clears throat> I'm with you, Alan, where I know several brokers that are, I've got one of them that has 44 homes and he's converting as many of them to Airbnbs as he can because he's finding out more and more people are, well, remodeling a home. I don't want to move. So I want to remodel, but the remodel is going to take six to 12 months. I move out for that time period for them to work as quickly as possible. I'm renting an Airbnb. I'm not staying in one of those long-term hotel or apartment complex. I want a home for my dogs, for my children, so forth. So we're seeing a shift in the market. A lot of people are seeing rent as such a value to their lifestyle and as well as savings. Like you said, if they're saving the money they, they're not utilizing, then it becomes a great benefit, but they have to be aware of that. And again, I'm not saying a trip is not a good way to spend money. I haven't been on one in four years, so I'm, I'm definitely 
a little envious, but <laughs> but that is one thing that you know sometimes people want to make um, consolidations for. And uh, my daughter, I have two daughters that live in Milan and Rome. Buying there is such a hectic that renting is really one of the only key options, but they do long-term rent. So, and they probably don't have to worry about <laughs> hailstorms. Although I'm not sure, I've never been there. Not, not in Rome, Milan, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I think in general, you know, people still want to own a home. They want to. I think you'd rather own a home in general than rent. Circumstance right now means rent. And a conversation I'm having with people all the time, whether they're in the market or not, is is this a cycle? In our lifetime, everything's been a cycle. We had inflation like this back when we were kids. And it you know, things were and gas was short and all sorts of things were going on too, but then you come through it. And we go into a different cycle. And then in 87, I want to say the stock market had a little tip. And next thing you know, it's good again. And so, you know, you can't predict the future ever, especially when it comes to um, the markets and finances. But in general, if you own a home for, you know, 10, 20 years, the home is worth more than you paid for it. Now, have you done anything with the equity? Have you refinanced? Have you spent it? Have you, what have you done with it? In fact, many states in Texas was one of them until the mid eighties or late eighties, you couldn't refinance your home to buy other things. You know, you just couldn't, you couldn't go consult. You couldn't, couldn't go buy a car and refinance that kind of thing that changed in the mid to late eighties. I don't know exactly when I think the timing's pretty close, but, and that protected people that were generally irresponsible with money. It just didn't allow them to. Can you hear me or not? No, Tom. Tom was, I thought was trying to say something. January 1998. Oh, is that late? Okay. So, but it protected people from hurting their own finances by some are responsible and use them for the right reasons. Others just blew it. And that kind of protected them kind of like a company pension or something where they don't allow you to get in there and do much with it. Just a few options or something. I don't know, but that's off the beaten path a little bit, but in general, if you own your home 10, 20 years, you're doing pretty well. And that, and that's, you know, that really comes into, am I here long-term? Am I not? And, uh, um, uh, it is a decision for us, for anybody to understand all the pros and cons, and be able to adapt it to their style, their desire. Uh, a lot of people want to live downtown. You're not going to own property downtown unless you're in the millions of dollars of Dallas. So renting becomes the mainstay. But I, um, Jeff, just realizing what you said, $2,000 a month. I, I remember renting and, and 450 was high to me. So to, just to- And we didn't have to pay a water bill. That was included. <laughs> exactly. Everything was included. And free swimming pool. Free swimming well, Some. <laughs> Not before 50. <laughs> so what other things is, is there anything else that is critical to our pros and cons of rent versus buy? Yes, sir. 
I will tell you, I had a really interesting conversation as far as what expired in, um, you know, at Champions the other day. And um, there were some people sitting around lamenting the fact they hadn't purchased five and 10 years ago and that type of thing. And, um, you know, this is the challenge is is timing uh, is not everything in the real estate business if you're buying your primary residence. You know, the, the buying real estate when you're looking at investment, yeah, timing comes into play a little bit more. But if you're buying a house for yourself personally, uh, it, it really, it's hard to tell people or explain to them because rates are so high, yada, 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 you shouldn't buy, yada, yada, yada. I mean, these are not really motivations. Motivations are, can I afford it? when I can afford it to buy as far as my primary residence is concerned. So I do that. And because of this conversation, this is what came, came up in the conversation. There was one lady in this group that was talking and uh, she said, yeah, you know, my friends just bought a house, their first home. And the only way they could get what they want. And that's a key was to get a 40 year, mortgage on the property and this was a 40-year mortgage that apparently for the first 15 years was interest only oh and i really kind of had this comment back to the crowd because they were all lamenting well maybe we're going to have to do that to buy a house and i said you know if you're not acquiring equity in the property when you make your payments and you're going to pay for 40 years think about how old you are right now and if you're 25 right now buying your first house, and most of these people I would venture to say were in their late 20s or early 30s, that, that puts you at 25, that 40 years from now, that puts you at 65 before you, you know, even look at having that house paid off. And this was the bottom line I had for people. I said, your expectations are going to have to be reset. You know, the house that you live in when your parents, when you graduated college or graduated high school, was not their first house. And I always ask people, you know, was it their first house? Oh, no, 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 that we lived in a blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, shouldn't you set your sights to do something like your parents did, which is buy something affordable that's below whatever you want to live in, which is the same house that you lived in when you graduated high school? Your parents worked 20, 30 years to get to that level, and you want to start off at that level. And that's a hard thing to say. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Man, I must be sounding like Mr. Old Grouchy. Uh, grouchy. You are. You're um, such a downer. I know. I sound like Debbie Downer right now. I, I mean, want my Mercedes. I want my big truck. And I want my 5,000 square foot home like my mom and dad. And I want it paid off now. Well, the $82,000 home in 1983 is $400,000 now. Oh, more Debbie Downer. Thank you, Debbie Downer. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I talked to a lot of people too, and it's I, I don't, I've never done anything in my business where I talk anybody into something or out of something. That's not my job. But what I do is I try to talk with them, answer questions. If I don't know the answers, then I come to one of you fellas and I get them. Or I go somewhere else and I get them. But, you know, there's a lot different questions going on now than when I was a young man buying a home. 
Um, it and the rules are different. Uh, they're a little, they're more strict, which benefits everybody, I think, except for it's, I know it's just different. That's, that's we're, about all I can say. We're, we're, we're coming to a close here, but I want to bring up some, something I think is very critical as Tom spoke. First off, one key data point we all need to understand is the United States is the only country in the, in the world today that has a 30 year fixed mortgage done. Everyone else in the world does arms, whether it be one, five, seven year, 10 year arms, and they're always floating with the market. So first off, you're in a country that allows 30 year fixed mortgages to be done. That's one advantageous solution that you have here. Secondly, as long as, and Tom, you can tell me accurately, but it's 35 plus years, we've been tracking interest rates. The average interest rate across that time of frame of tracking is 7.75%. We are still below the average since we've been tracking it. But yet, because you live through historically the lowest interest rates ever, everybody's waiting for it to come back and it's not going to. So reality is, as Tom said, if you're buying your primary home, can you afford it? Can you not is really the question. But the bottom line is, if you're buying your primary home long term, this is a project. But I can show you how a 30 year mortgage can be paid off in 14 years very easily. It's just an understanding of let's get out of what happened three, four years ago, which were man made long term interest rates that should have never been kept there. For that period of time and tom you probably can will agree with me or not i don't know but those are data points i think everyone needs to be aware of and i blair one other point i want to add is that for example your company cardinal how many people know that let's say you go in at six and a half percent interest rate right now but you have a program where in the next 18 months the rates drop they can refinance lower that rate at no cost i think that's a big deal that's saying, hey, we we see what's happening in the market and we're, you're willing to help. Your company is willing to go, look, we'll, we'll acknowledge this and help you out when the time is right. Yeah, very true. And I think as we start talking about these opportunities, as we talk about historicals, I mean, isn't it amazing in our lifetime, the last time, you know, Alan brought up about the recession? Well, as I understand the two indicator that tells us that we're in a recession is two success, successes, GDP, negative growth, we're in a recession. Well, why aren't we announcing we're in a recession right now? They're not announcing it. They're not confirming it. They're not. They're trying to ignore it. And well, now Europe. The stats have come out. We're not in a recession. And the, and the employment thing is the thing that's driving us not being in a recession. Recession typically encompasses having unemployment rates above 7%, and we're still at three and a half. I mean, people are still working, and that's, that creates- People are still working, but people are working two and three jobs, and they're counting those part-time jobs as job growth. This is where I think a lot of folks, the average person on the street, doesn't give a crap about stats, what defines this or what defines that. 
it's really about what defines your family and what can you afford. And the disagreement here is, can you afford a mortgage or can't you? Yeah. A lot of people that rent can actually afford a mortgage. They're choosing not to. And that's the difference right now I see over the last 20 years. They're just simply choosing not to. They have their own reasons. Many can afford to do it. They're just not doing it. You, must you really don't go online to look at, you know, they do look at stuff. I mean, people constantly go online to look at things because they overthink things nowadays because you can. But in general, I think that's what's going on. I really do. Well, I think we've done a great job of, of realizing everyone needs to ask the questions. Everyone needs to be aware. Uh, what is your direction, renting versus buying? Uh, be aware of those opportunities. Talk to somebody that's in the industry. Uh, talk to somebody that understands what are the things that do on a daily basis. Not if, you know, just because you do this one time does not mean you understand all the options that are available to you. And so we want to make you aware of those. Please call us. Find us at welcomehomeradio.net. <clears throat> Ask your questions there. Like and share the show. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm Blair Thomas. And I'm Tom Holm. I'm Alan Payson. I think you should buy a home. And I'm Jeff Duffy, and I'm happy to help you close it. <laughs> Amen and peace, everybody. Welcome Home Radio production provided by Lunatic Digital. Check the listing of this podcast for the links to our sponsors. And don't forget to like, share, and follow us on social media. Visit welcomehomeradio.net for more information. This was a Lunatic Digital production. Visit lunaticdigital.com for all your digital needs.